1: This is Misty, and this is Lattes and Legends. Hello, it's been forever, I know, but I'm here and I am ready for this. So this is season six of Lattes and Legends. I appreciate all of you for hanging tough while I go through some things in life. But everything is all good. Thanks for letting me take such a long break. It was so lovely. I went and did some exploring in Denver and wonderful stuff. Um, If you guys have never been to any of the M- Meow Wolf Museums. You should go because it was great. It was amazing. It was so fun. So anyway, I'm back, and this is season six. Dun-dun-dun! I have some creepy stuff happening this season. So I wanted to just um, recommend some things. If you guys know I love to watch true crime and sci-fi and the like, superheroes, that kind of thing, so of course I had to start Stranger Things, and then I binged all of them in two days, and then I had to wait until tomorrow for volume two, so there's that, so I've been watching that, I watched all of Umbrella Academy in one day, Hmm. I'm going to leave it at that, I was not really happy at the end, that's all that's all and what else have you been watching so I've been watching this show on Netflix and it just randomly popped up and it's called The Unexplained and William Shatner is the host and I love him I love his voice I love everything about him maybe not his political views I don't know his political views but I loved him on the initial twilight zone movie or twilight zone show about the gremlin on the plane i loved him there i could give or take star trek when i was a kid but i love it and the show like i said is called unexplained and it's where i got the idea for this season so it's on netflix it's got some cool stuff on it check it out yeah i went to concert while i was gone in denver And I took a chance on a band slash artist that I'd only heard of and never listened to before, and I was blown away. My musical experiences in life have been so good, and just to see this man play saxophone was life-changing, and now my musical experiences are at the very top par. So if... These bands aren't bringing it. That I go see them, I'd be really let down. Um, so, if you are into jazz or saxophone or anything like that, you should check out Kamasi Washington. It was amazing. And hi to my friends that weren't widespread at Red Rocks at the time. I was definitely not there for widespread. Sorry. <laughs> cool. So yeah, that's what I've been doing, and it's been wonderful. And the summer season at our farm is. It's kind of mellowed out because everything got killed by a hailstorm, so we've got flowers everywhere, and the lilies are beautiful, and yeah, it's summer for sure. We finally got rain, guys. After months, we finally got rain. so excited. So I just wanted to say thanks to all of you again that have stood by me, all the listeners, and I'm making it a habit to do a podcast once a week. It's already in my planner. So don't worry. I'm actually recording to today, so I'm going to pretend it's next week. Anyway, (laughs) if you do like the podcast, please rate, subscribe, and share. I still have coffee mugs on the website and stickers. And thanks to all you guys that just bought coffee mugs last week. While I was in Denver, I got this crazy amount of orders for coffee mugs. And it was really funny because I was talking to some friends from Wisconsin about the podcast. Charlie Rachel, what's up? And then as we were speaking, I was getting emails about mugs being sold, so clearly Big Brother or somebody's listening to my conversations, it really freaked me out. Anyway, thanks though. <laughs> so let's um, dive into this today, we're going to talk this season about Creepy Cryptids, Creepy Cryptids, my Creepy cryptid song. So, what is a cryptid? So, basically a cryptid, if you do not know, is any creature that may not really exist. Uh, If you have heard of cryptozoologists, these are people that study cryptids. Yeah, I always thought that would be a cool job. Hmm. How much college do you have to go to for that? So, if cryptids don't really exist, does a degree for cryptozoology really exist? Because they're not real-ish. So, is the degree real? Like, could I be a cryptozoologist? I have a master's, but it's not in that. I don't know. Tell me. Tell me what you think. Anyway, <laughs> that's, I think, way into these things. All right. So, let's talk first about the van meter visitor. So, sources for this episode come from cryptids with a Z.fandom.com slash wiki slash van meter visitor. Like I said, The Unexplained TV Show on Netflix, DailyYonder.com, DailyMail.co.uk, AstonishingLegends.com. Oh, and if you guys don't know about Astonishing Legends, you should listen to that podcast. Those guys are awesome. Uh, The episode that I listened to for this podcast was in 2018. morbidlibrary.com, a really, really cool website. Check it out, and strangeology.com. All right, so, the Van Meter Visitor. So, more than a 100 years ago, this winged specter terrified the residents of Van Meter, Iowa. Hence, Van Meter Visitor. And now, people all over the world want to know what this was so much like the mothman the van meter visitor now is the reason for festivals and paranormal experts visiting documentaries tv crews all that cool stuff so there's been a renewed interest in if this thing exists or not hence it's encrypted the van meter visitor festival actually comes every year i didn't get the date on that Uh, But they took a hiatus because of the pandemic. I guess the van meter visitor didn't have a mask big enough. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, Let's see. What What else? What else? Sorry, guys. I had a little bit of a yawning fit. That's why I just made another pot of coffee. Oh, yeah. Because I drink coffee on this show, too. In case you're new. I like coffee. It's just coffee. It's this pinion coffee from New Mexico. Thanks, Bookers. Anyway, the Van Meter Visitor was basically a pterodactyl looking creature and it first appeared in this very small town in 1903. And that is according to the legend. There were five nights in September and October in 1903. That the citizens of Van Meter saw this half-human, half-animal creature, and they said it had enormous bat wings. It was flying above their city. Multiple people reported seeing it, and they said it was about nine feet tall. It flew overhead and jumped from roof to roof, and it was really fast. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were even some citizens of Van Meter that said it released a quote memory erasing stench. Um what does that smell like? Because you know how scent and smells can bring you back memories and bring you back to your past, but what exactly hmm what exactly does a memory erasing scent smell like? Oh, you should tell me. Give it a whirl gmail.com. Do it. Write me a story. I would love that. <laughs> anyway, so it shot out bolts of light from this one horn that it had on its forehead. Uh, some people said that it shot out bullets out of its forehead and then when they tried to shoot it, nothing could hurt it. So there was one of the townsmen, Clarence Dunn, who Was an eyewitness to all of the creature's visits. And he took a plaster cast of its foot. Or its footprint, sorry. And had three toes. According to this. So, there's that. I'm going to let that roll around. And we'll talk about theories in a moment. So, on this first night, there were witnesses that said it was flying from building to building on the roofs. And the next night, it was spotted by the town doctor and a bank cashier. On the third night, a man said he saw it perched on a telephone pole. While another man said it looked like a monster hopping, but it looked like a kangaroo. And then a high school teacher said it looked like the devil or a devil. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, in different stories... So I know I told you that Clarence Dunn took a plaster casting of its foot, but then other stories say that the bank cashier's name was Peter Dunn, and he's the one that took a plaster cast. So I don't know. There's maybe a lot of Dunns in this town. I don't know. Maybe they're all related. I don't know. I don't know. So among all the other descriptions, it said um, that, sorry, that citizen said it looks like... uh, have been a kangaroo because it was hopping, a bat, a devil, things like that. There were even some people that compared it to the Jersey devil, but we'll get into that at a later episode. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, they all said that it fired beams of bright light from its forehead and it smelled horribly. So, in an attempt to get rid of the beast, the townsfolk followed it to an abandoned coal mine. <sighs> The best place, and this is where they heard some noises. So, an article that was written in 1903 said, "Quote: Presently, the noise opened up again, as though Satan and a regiment of imps were coming forth for battle." End quote. Hmm. So, when they brought when they brought it to this cave, or like you know got it stuck there, Um, there were two creatures that came from the cave. One was larger and one was smaller. And then in a flash of light and a horrible odor, the two creatures flew away and escaped the crowd. The next morning, however, they returned and they found the townsmen had gathered with weapons to get rid of them. The article then said, quote, the reception they received would have sunk the Spanish fleet, but aside from an unearthly noise and peculiar odor, they did not seem to mind it, but slowly descended the shaft of the old mine. Old mine. End quote. Once they descended into the old mine, the men got to work, sealed the creatures inside the mine forever. Or so the story goes. That morning... A legend was born, and one continues to this day. Hmm. So that's that's history of the Van Meter visitor, but let's talk about now theories about the Van Meter visitor. So um, there isn't a lot on the Internet. There's just a lot of, you know, the article from 1903 and stories. So the speculation from different theorists online is that the van meter visitor was more than likely a man in a suit or a hoax. Um, But then all the witnesses have dismissed this because a lot of those witnesses are still alive. I don't know. They do say it's a hoax um, because the visitor was supposedly far taller than any man and was repeatedly shot and nothing happened. So mm, there's that. Um, There's also a theory with that that says, so if all these people in the town were so panicked, more than likely they were horrible shots. I mean, I don't know how to use a gun, uh, nor have I ever shot one. So I can't imagine how I would feel if I was panicked trying to shoot something. Like, I already don't like guns. And if you handed me a gun... And then you're like, shoot, this creature, I probably, I would say 99.9% would miss. Oh, wait, I have horrible eyesight too. So let's add that to the mix. So that's a couple theories right there. And the second theory that people have said is that the visitor was a dinosaur that somehow survived underground in Iowa. Eh, I mean, how many dinosaurs are living underground still, and it's been millions of years, so, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, uh, in this theory too, they say that maybe the mining in the town really is what disturbed its natural habitat, and that it slowly worked its way through the mine shafts and out to the surface, again, uh, I don't know how many cryptid dinosaurs we've seen in mining towns, but again, it's a theory. It's a theory. It's very far-fetched. It's a theory. Another theory is that the visitor is an alien. So it was either an alien or it was an extra-dimensional being. Hmm. So what's the difference? Aliens don't come from our planet, but they come from other places in space and extra-dimensional beings come from separate dimensions that we cannot perceive or experience. So an extra-dimensional being would be more like a paranormal supernatural being. So so this theory is also along the same theories of Mothman, which I already talked about a little, and I'll go into further on another episode. But if you don't know who Mothman is, I suggest you get your head out of your ass or the ground. And watch the movie called The Mothman, or do some research. I, I don't know. Do some. I'm just throwing that out there. Do some research. Anyway, <laughs> get your head out of your ass. Anyway, it's just interesting that the creatures appeared so quickly and then disappeared so quickly. So that's why some people think it was either an alien or extra dimensional. Mm-hmm. So. Basically, the biggest theories are that this is a hoax or some sort of prank. And, you know, part of me really wants to go to Iowa and go to this festival. I love a good festival. And if you tell me it's like a creature festival, I'm all in. So, yeah, tell me what you think about the Van Meter Visitor. And, yeah, i will think about some theories. Even if you have a different theory, I would like to hear those, too perfect so now the Mongolian death worm okay so this one also was mentioned briefly on the unexplained show on Netflix when I say m- mentioned briefly like these guys were just talking about in passing and that's where I got both of these stories so they were not focus of the show I just heard the words wrote them down so this is the Mongolian Death Worm. And I got my sources from all oh, that's interesting.com, livescience.com, relativelyinteresting.com, <laughs> atlasobscura.com. Um, and I guess on Atlas Obscura, they do a monster of the month. I'm going to sign up for sure. Mythology.net. Um, yeah. So... According to the sightings, the Mongolian death worm is a long sausage-like sandworm. It's dark red, it has spikes coming out of both, end, both ends of its body. This makes me think of dune. Hmm. So basically it has venomous spit, and the spit is so strong it can corrode metal or electric shocks, or it can give electric shocks to people so powerful that it could kill them. Mm. So it's said that these cryptids live in the sands below the Gobi Desert. Mm. Yeah, I'm um, not going to lie. I did have to bust out a map uh, because geography in other parts of the world is not my strong suit. And I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, yeah, thanks, American education. <laughs> Anyway, the Mongolian Death Worm is infamous, and all of the accounts have been passed down from generation to generation. Uh, It got its name from nomadic tribes. I will not pronounce this because I will completely garbage it up. It's spelled A-L-L-G-H-O-I space K-H-O-R-K-H-O-I which means, roughly, intestinal worm. Ooh, ooh, like a table. Hmm. Uh, basically, it has a resemblance to the worms that live inside of cows. Huh, huh. Mm. Uh, the worm can reach up to five feet in length, according to the stories, and it is believed to possess some terrifying features. Dun, dun, dun. What are they? What are... These terrifying features. All right, I keep getting distracted by this coffee. It's a good thing. Delicious coffee. You should check it out. New Mexico Pinion Coffee. So good. Anyway, um, let's talk about this death worm. So, a British biologist, Carl Schucker, who wrote a book called The Unexplained. An illustrated guide to the world's natural and paranormal mysteries said the Mongolian death worm is believed to possess spike-like projections at both ends of its body. Hmm. It spits at humans; that's how it attacks them. We talked about that. Um, basically, it comes to the surface during the wetter months of June and July in the Gobi Desert, and there have been some locals that say that they have seen it. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Strangely enough, it's never been photographed, but that isn't because of the lack of effort. There have been researchers and intrepid adventurers that combed the desert for the creature. Mm -hmm. There's a Czech cryptozoologist, Ivan Mackerel, Who is one of the foremost investigators of mysterious animals. And he has traveled to Mongolia three times. In 1990, 1992, and 2004. To look for the worm. So he first heard about it when he was just a child. Oh, that sounds like a great bedtime story. And that's when he... I was like, I am really into this. So then he met a paleontologist in Rus- Czech Republic. I don't know. Um, and in college, he met another Mongolian student who believed in the worm. And that's when uh, our friend, Mr. Ivan, became obsessed. He has come to this all the Mongolian literature to find clues about the death worm and was finally given permission by the government to conduct his research there when he was in his late 40s. So basically that would be like me going now to Mongolia to start researching this worm. No, I'm not in my late 40s. I'm in my mid 40s. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Let's go, guys. So many people think that the death worm is just a story and then it was inspired by dune which i already talked about because there's giant sandworms in that book in that movie um so he took his team to try different ways to vibrate the ground to look for the worm and then one of the team's contraptions was like a thumping machine also something that was seen on dune uh, but he is never to this day seen death worm so he has concluded that it's all just a myth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there are still people that will go and search for the death worm today and still coming up empty-handed no death worm this also kind of reminds me of that movie tremors with kevin bacon love 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 anyway kevin bacon and tight jeans sign me up So, the theories of the Mongolian death worm are that it is just an urban legend from locals. Let me make sense. A zoologist named Roy Chapman Andrews was the first Western researcher to take this note of legend. And he learned about it through different Mongolian um, officials. And that's when he decided to take a trip to Mongolia as well to look for the wildlife there, and he didn't see this creature, yeah, and that was in 1926, so I don't know, I don't, this is a really long legend, you know, if this has been a thing, I don't know, know. so another legend, hmm, where am I, (laughs) another legend, or another theory is that the worm does exist, but the Gobi Desert is so big and vast that no one will ever be able to find it. It stretches 500,000 square miles. And if you know anything about the Gobi Desert, you know it's not an easy place to go and research. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to go in these trees. No, no, no. And um, There's also theories that there are different worm species that live there, like the giant beachworms in Australia, and that this is possibly what it could be. Okay, Australia. Giant beachworm? Hmm. I know I have Australian listeners, uh, and I would like for you guys to uh, clarify what that is, because if you have giant beachworms, I'm never coming to see you. Ever. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Anyway, um, (laughs) that's just another theory, and there are also theories that say that this is a worm lizard, and so that it's really just a really big lizard that looks like a worm, much like how we have horny toads here that are called horny toads, but look like lizards, but are they a toad, or are they a lizard, like what are they? So people are saying that it could be one of those as well. So, I know I touched on a few of these already, but I wanted to drop a few fun facts as we close out the Mongolian Death Worm. Basically, it has the ability to kill you up close and from a distance. Oh, so why would you want to, huh, why would you want to go look for it? I don't I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. If you ever come across this creature, your chances of living are slim to none. Oh, fun, fun so great uh it is warm-blooded according to the legend it doesn't have eyes a nose or a mouth Hmm. the liquid saliva that comes from it is corrosive and yellow and it also has an electric discharge to it can we talk about how much i don't like the word discharge it's so gross Anyway, uh, it can travel underground. We talked about that. It hibernates for about 10 months out of the year. It prefers to rise when the ground is wet and rain is falling from the sky. It also preys on camels. And it will leave its eggs inside of the animal's intestines. Ugh, gross. Um, some people believe that when it attacks, it does raise half of its body from the sand. It inflates. Until it explodes and then the poison is sprayed across the victim. Gross. Gross. Anyway, its skin is an exoskeleton so it can molt. So there's that. And um, yeah, it's pretty gross. Pretty gross. So that is a Mongolian death worm and. The Van Meter Visitor. Tell me what you think. Like I said, my email is lattesandlegends at gmail.com. You can also check out my Instagram. It's lattesandlegends on Instagram. Facebook is podcast. I am on Acast, which is probably where you're listening or any of your other podcast platforms. Website is lattesandlegendspodcast.com. You guys, if you've been listening, know that I'm constantly working on the website. I am not a web tech. It is not easy. I don't like it. (laughs) If you want to do my website, please please tell me. I'll pay you. (laughs) Anyway, I really appreciate you guys coming back and listening. And I cannot wait to tell you what's happening next week on our Creepy Cryptid Season 6.